Hey, it's her ice, your preferred pair of oral tapeworms burrowing their way into your brain with hot takes, cold opens, and scalding analysis of girls' high school hockey. My name is Peter Odney, and I'm here with my dear friend and life partner, Todd Houck. Todd, happy Thanksgiving. What are you thankful for today? I am thankful for uh, our third episode of Her Ice. I'm thankful for the breath that I'm breathing, and I'm thankful for my family and their health. We've officially hit the, the episode hat trick. Yeah, we have, yeah. I saw that. I have a hat trick story later on, but we'll bring that up. But anyway, uh, this again, uh, welcome to our third episode of Her Ice, which is a podcast where we chat about Minnesota girls' high school hockey action, players and stories, as well as other hockey-related issues, and sometimes some non-hockey issues will pop up. Her Ice is proudly sponsored by Map Hockey, which is a great location located in Mendota Heights. If you're looking for some on uh, during on-ice training, off-season training, it's a great location to find. So find them at map.hockey if you're looking for that extra edge to put you over onto the team that you want to be. Uh, again, as you said, I'm Todd Houck along with Peter. We're going to get our thing started here with our GODs, like Games of the Week, Games of the Week. I'm trying to do the, the Dan Patrick's not working, though. Game of the Week, Game of the Week, Ooh. Bop, Bop, Game of the Week, Game of the Week. Bop, Bop. It might be a copyright infringement. I think so. Well, first of all, we're going to start with uh, uh, it's a double build. We're talking about the E Prairie uh, squad who had two big wins since the last time. And again, when we talk about last week, it's not the week that we're actually talking about since the last time we chatted with you. And we were talking to a little early since Turkey Day is going to be coming up and we have a tournament coming up tomorrow. So we are starting early. So, Peter, let's talk about that EP squad. They went 2 and 0 oh this week. Well, fly, Eagles, fly. I got to see EP take down Hill Murray, who was ranked ahead of the Eagles at the time. They took the Pioneers down 2 to 1. Eden Prairie is one of those teams where they might they might struggle to score goals. They've only scored a total of five in their past two games, a 3-1 win over Rochester Lourdes and a 2-1 win over Hill Murray, but it's a fundamentally sound group. They can all skate. They've been able to replace Alexa Dobchuk. Um, not easily because you don't replace the senior goalie of the year, but no. uh, goaltender Molly Gergen played outstanding against Hill Murray, and uh, head coach Jamie Grossman is optimistic about how the Eagles will fare as they enter the meat of their schedule. Meaty, meaty. Another game we want to bring out is one of the games of the week. We spoke about last week, actually, was the Brainerd Little Falls-Alex game, uh, and uh, Brainerd Little Falls did uh, – become victorious in that one in a 6 nothing victory over the Cardinals. Uh, that was uh, B-LF's first game of the season, but uh, they definitely came full force, and one of the reasons that they were up uh, on the victorious side was because of Lindsey Booth, who decided to score just once, but then be super passer and got the uh, four assists. So uh, Lindsey and the rest of the crew definitely were flying that first game against Alex, so they're definitely on the board with the W. That's a nice bounce back for the for the Warriors, a couple of wins over Alexandria and St. Cloud after losing their opener to uh, to Cloquet. Exactly. Another game of the week that we want to mention, and we had uh, we had some picks last week, which we're going to go over our picks in a little bit, but was how Warroad, uh, Warroad just like uh, Brainerd Little Falls, was one of the last teams to kind of get their juices flowing. They had a couple friendlies up in the northwest part of the state. They had Little, uh, I'm sorry, Lakeville North and Minnetonka visit them, and they were rude host. But so rude. So rude. But Warro definitely came prepared uh, for the game. Uh, Hannah Cornelius by herself had a hat trick in, in their four nothing victory over Lakeville North, and then probably the probably possibly the game of the week, if not uh, one of the best games of the week, was when they did defeat uh, Minnetonka behind um, Hardwick with the goal and assist as well. Cornelius with another uh, goal and assist in that game. So in their victory over the Skippers four three. So Warro was starting off hot with the four uh, two and zero weekend. So definitely games of the week there. 
And that's a that's a huge boost for Warroad, getting wins over two Class AA teams, including Minnetonka, a team with a lot of talent and a, a battle-tested team that went through the late conference last season. Huge for the Warriors to pull off a couple of wins to start the year. A big one, too. And the last one we want to mention, too, is that 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 uh, other one, which would be probably a top-three game of the weekend, uh, along with the Warroad Minnetonka game, was the Blake 3-2 victory over Wyzetta. So that kind of slowed down the ladies of Troy as they <laughs> came burrowing through uh, with their gals. But obviously Blake is a force, and they uh, jumped up to a 3-in-1 record with that victory over Wyzetta. But a 3-2 win, I think that's good for both sides. Blake shows they are more dominant at that time, and Wyzetta was definitely a good benchmark for them. Them and they are still pushing forward. They did win their next game, so they're back up to three and one. So definitely no no slouch is one of our early season radar teams is a team to be reckoned with in the lake. A team to be reckoned with. The Bears weren't fooled at all by that horse that the Trojans tried to bring into tree ring. No. The Bears another rebound team, a couple of wins after losing to Adina on the 13th. Well, we've talked about our games of the week, and now I'd like to focus on some of our players from last week. And since in the theme, uh, what we'd like to do is like to give a drumstick to each of these following players uh, or hockey-related people. We actually have a coach in the mix. So let's first of all start off with uh, Brainerd Little Falls' uh, Lindsay, Bo- uh, Lindsay Booth, who had a great weekend with those two victories ahead. Uh, Lindsay got two goals last night, in fact, with their victory uh, as they beat St. Cloud 7-3, to but in addition to her four assists that she had on Friday night in their game uh, over Alex. So obviously a, a quick start for Miss Booth with six points over those two games, so definitely one of our drumstick recipients. Another another gal getting a drumstick from Eden Prairie, Miss Sydney Langseth, the junior Minnesota State commit. She had a goal against Hill Murray, which brings her season total to seven, which ties her for the state lead. Uh, Sydney also had a highlight real goal against Rochester Lourdes that is making its way through the Twitter sphere. So if you jump on any number of Twitter handles, you should be able to find that goal. She went the length of the ice and went backhand for the goal. Sid the kid is definitely in the mix right now. I mean, those great and two big victories. So especially with the team not getting a lot of goals, those are two big ones that shoot. Her three goals are a lot. Uh, another player that we want to give a drumstick to is obviously Warroad's uh, Hannah Cornelius. Corneliusen, uh, she had a big weekend with her two uh, large victories over the AA squads, and her totals for the weekend were four goals and one assist. She did have a hat trick in that Friday night game against Lakeville uh, North, as we had said before. So, uh, Miss Corneliusen, you get yourself a drumstick for a great weekend of hockey for yourself. We'll have to put a, a hatty hat in the mail. Oh, for uh, for Miss Cornelius, and why don't you tell us about uh, one half of a goaltending duo that you and I were both uh, maybe maybe a little surprised to hear about? Tell me about Riley Pester. Definitely, you know, and that was one of the things is uh, I actually have a friend that uh, has a daughter on the Burnsville team, so it's kind of like I'm always cheering for a squad. Obviously, that's close, and being the Bloomington folks, we like to kind of cheer for some teams are close by us. You know, it's somebody that's not the evil green or doesn't have an anchor <laughs> on their shirt, so we we cheer for some others. But Riley Pester has definitely put up a great season. He got the Burnsville squad off to a 4-0 uh, record, which has been great. And she actually gave up her first goal of the season on, on Saturday against Apple Valley in their 2-1 victory. But starting off the season uh, with just the weekend, the last two games where they played Prior Lake and they played Apple, uh, Apple Valley, she had stopped 37 shots of 38. Uh, and so that was great for her and, and obviously helping that squad. And right now her GAA is at a 0.25. Ooh. So definitely one of the better 
uh, goalies so far starting off this young season. But, hey, Burnsville's going the right direction. So definitely drumstick to you, Riley. Drumstick. The other half of that goaltending duo is Mountain West Honka's Taylor Smith. Taylor Smith has played in every game so far for the Whitehawks. She stopped 108 of 109 shots. Her goals against is a .27 save percentage of a .991. These are video game type numbers. Hold on for a sec. Let's just drop those that GAA and the shot save numbers again. That was mind-blowing for a moment. Taylor has stopped 108 of 109 shots. That's, that's a, three digits. We're lucky if there's people get that birthday in their lifetime. They get 106, and she was stopped and saved. So. Yeah, Taylor's got the South St. Paul Packers tonight out at uh, mm. out in Mound or West Tonka or wherever the, the Whitehawks end up playing their games. And that leads into our other drumstick recipient goes bum, to bum. Mr. Dave Palmquist, who Hooray! received not his 100, not 200, not 300, 400, but win number 500. So a big drumstick to Mr. Palmquist in getting St. Paul, South St. Paul uh, girls uh, hockey to a ultimate level that no other, not many programs in the state have got to that 500 win. So congrats to Dave and uh, all the drumstick recipients for our players of the week. Next segment we want to talk about a little bit is we've mentioned a little bit, but we've got some teams that we're kind of surprised with. And, you know, we got the Shadas, the Blakes, the Brecks, the Warolds, and the list can go on and on. You've heard us say their names and over, but we got to bring some teams into your living rooms, or maybe it's at your, your desk if you're working <laughs> in an 8-to-5 job, wherever you do our podcast at. Some teams that you are probably a little shocked to hear their names, and they are doing super well this way. We have talked about YZ a little bit because they have started off really hot, 3-1 and one right now, as they had a loss and a win over the weekend. But that Burnsville team that we talked that I talked about before with Riley Pester, they are scorching right now. Scorching. With a 4-1, and 4-0 record to start off the season. And the crazy thing is one of their go-to gals, uh, Jenna Harting, had just three goals over the weekend, which doesn't sound like that, but when you're winning 6 nothing and 2-1, they're obviously, every goal makes a difference, and obviously with the defense and Miss Pester in the net, keeping the Burnsville Blaze at 4-0 to start. So definitely a surprise in the YHH world. Yeah, another surprise. I know we mentioned Mount West Tonka and, and goaltender Taylor Smith, but uh, skaters Lauren Burris and Grace Peterson have totaled 9 points and 8 points respectively. Kylie Neekum right up there with 7 points for the Whitehawks. The Whitehawks 4-0, and they could make a big statement tonight if they can get past the Packers, which we mentioned just a second ago. Another squad I want to put in our surprise that is a, is a team that was coming out, and it's Rochester Lourdes. Uh, from now on, you'll hear me when I mention them, kind of like when I talk about Minnesota State. I got my Mankato because I can't call Minnesota State. <laughs> but in the city, we're going to call them Rolo because they are definitely rolling through us some squads. Now, mind you, they had to get a mini hiccup when they did play against Eden Prairie, and they got beat, and that was a tough one on uh, Thursday. But in the meantime, uh, Lourdes is definitely jumping out to – they were one of the better you know, single-A teams. But uh, to start off with their program, they're definitely starting off nice and hot. They've got Emma Schmitz, who is tied with the three other gals in the state for seven goals, and she's got nine points on the season for herself. So Lourdes is definitely one to keep an eye on, even though they got the small hiccup with the Eagles. The Lourdes gals are on their way up, and they're rising is they're going to hopefully uh, continue flying up that way. Rochester Lourdes sneaks into the YHH Class A girls' rankings at number nine. Uh, thanks in part to that 3-1 loss to Eden Prairie. If you're a Class A program and you can hang with a preeminent double-A program like Eden Prairie, then that's uh, that means more than beating a team oh. that you should beat. Mo Def. One of the surprises, too, is we've talked about three upper surprises. We now have got... A down a, surprise. An unpleasant surprise. But it's not going to stay down, but the other surprise I want to throw out there is Tonka. Uh, the quality, the high-octane 
machine that is the Skippers on the lake. Uh, they start off the season a little rough on the 0-3 record, but don't let the record surprise you. This, again, this is a squad that's got six D1 commitments, and they've lost uh, all three of their games so far, but they got a big one since. They're going to get off that hump. But the, the, the amazing thing, when I find when I got through the research, is their goals and goals allowed is is kind of mind-boggling to me. They've scored seven goals, and they've only given up 11. So mind you, this 0-3, and you can be like, oh, my gosh, you're terrible. But when your goal differential is only four, you're in the ball game all the time. You just got to get past the hump. So it could be the new season. They're play- and, and trust me, if, if there was a way we could rank these schedules, they would probably have one of the toughest schedules. Absolutely. We looked at the post schedule after we get done with their game tonight against Benilde. I think Tonka might have one of the tougher schedules between now and January when they start late conference schedule. So. And that's why this game tonight is so important because you don't want to be 0-4 going into the meat of your schedule where you get to face Edina, YZ, and Eden Prairie. You get to face them all twice, and they have a couple of tough non-conference games in that stretch too. One stat that I like to point out about Minnetonka is that half of their goals, five of their 11 goals that they've allowed have come in the third period. Mind-blowing. Third period. Third period, it got the skippers need to lock down the final frame if they want to break this losing streak. For sure. So be aware, though, skippers are coming. So duh, if you are thinking that they're going to be a pushover, definitely they will not. So um, speaking of uh, upcoming, we talked about that game tonight, so that's a big one. We're going to talk about a few more games, which we think are some key games. You know, you know we should back up a little bit. I realize we forgot our picks. Or, you know, <sighs> we're going to do picks now. We're going to do them a little later. We can, we can freestyle. We can freestyle? We can I li- freestyle. I like freestyle. So last week we picked five games. We had five games which we thought were must-see, got to watch, a must-see TV. And most of our picks were pretty much right on, except for we had a couple that were a little off-suit. So <laughs> um, in the Warroad-Lakeville North game, both of us had picked Warroad, so that was spot on. Warriors. Right on. And the HC connection, she definitely took care of business there. Um, as well as the Wyzetta-Blake game, we both thought Wyzetta was – on the cusp of making it, but that was going to be their first loss, so we kind of called that one. So I'm not going to pimp myself up, but we kind of called that one. There was another game that we talked about, which was the Breck Hill-Murray game, which is tonight. That's tonight. So we didn't quite get that because, again, with the Thanksgiving and the Gobbler tournament coming up, we had to push our podcast a little early. So that one's going to be one that you want to watch tonight, obviously. Uh, but a couple of the ones that we differentiated, we want to make kind of make sure that you know that we are smart or that the <laughs> average bear. Um as Blaine, I'm sorry, Brainerd Little Falls when they played Alex, I took the BLFs. I bet on the Cardinals. He took the Cardinals, so he went down with the Cardinals. Oh, no. But then we matched it coming back because in the Breck-Proctor-Herman game, I took the 2-1-8s, and he took the Metro team, which was the Bears. That's what we call Metro bias, Todd. I know. <laughs> as long as they don't live in the 218, but then go to school in the Metro, that would be kind of weird. But um, So actually, we did pretty well. So basically, we were both the three wins on the week. Um, so that was a good win, uh, good week for both of us. So. And we'll be both glued to our laptops tonight during that Breck-Hill-Murray game. Twitter feeds oh, and live scoring. All over the place. I'm excited for that one. For sure. So yeah, we talked about a couple games are coming up this tonight, and I'd love to talk about more games, but with the Thanksgiving break, there's going to be some uh, a little loss. It's going to be weird. And the weird thing is, too, is it's not just the – the girls are taking a break, but oh my gosh, now the men, the boys are coming through as they get their preseason, their opener going, got some big games going over at um, 
at the big this coming weekend. But again, it's not his ice; it's her it's ice. Her ice. So we're, so not, we're gonna, not even going to talk about it. No, we're not talking about the yucky. The boys. girls have been playing for weeks. I know they're experienced. They got four or five games underneath their belt. But hey, speaking of a couple games on their belt, we got a big tight tonight, which is going to be. He mentioned it before. That's Peter. He talked about the South St. Paul at two and two is going to be traveling. Uh, to the west side over to Mountain West Tonk and taking on the White Hawks, who are 4-0. and So definitely a big game because 4-0, their uh, Mountain West Tonk is one of the surprises. So if they're going to continuously push and tell people we are big and bad and in the mix, they got to take care of the city kids. And this game might prove to be difficult for South St. Paul. South St. Paul, the Packers, have struggled to score. They've scored two goals. They've scored more than two goals just once this season. So going up against a goaltender like Taylor Smith, the Packers are going to need to find some secondary scoring. For sure. Another key battle that's going to be coming up tonight is going to be uh, two more undefeated teams, which is Breck. The Bears are traveling to the Aldrich Arena, and they're playing single loss Hill Murray. Yes. So uh, that's going to be another tilt between Breck and Hill Murray. So we'll see. Oh, why did I put 2-0 on my sheet? That was weird. Why did that? I don't know. I don't know. We're falling behind. Falling Hol- holiday haze. It might be. Um... Another key matchup tonight is also going to be the Blake Bears are taking on the EP, which I know they're undefeated. So we know the Eagles yeah. are 3-0. So that's another big one over at EP. And another one that I, I don't know if you guys are aware of this one, since most of you listeners are maybe in the metro area. Hope we got some 507s and some 218s. But we're definitely giving the northwest corner some love right now. Undefeated tight in EGF. So Warroad, who is 2-0, is taking on East Grand Forks, who is 3-0. Definitely both. Big game, sectional game for both teams, and that's going to be definitely a, a game to watch. That is the game of the night. Should Bar be. none. Warroad has ended East Grand Forks' season the past two years in the Section 8A Finals. Big revenge game for the Green Wave. If we weren't 19 hours away from East Grand Forks, we would be there right now. Totally. And then we'll be using forks on Thursday with our turkey, so if we could go go forks. See, I don't like turkey. I don't. You I just, can't. I can't do turkey. But man. you it's use too dry. forks. You do forks with your rest of your food, don't you? Right, well, I I saw a recipe for a, a Thanksgiving turkey coated in flaming hot Cheetos, so I might make an exception this year. All right, I'll make sure and call your doctor and make an appointment for you on Friday morning. My doctor doesn't ask me about my Cheeto habit. He's not worried about your Cheeto habits. He's worried <laughs> about your other habits. <laughs> All right. All right, uh, keep us on task. We're in our next segment is our talker segment. We like to bring up a subject which we like to chat about. It can be controversial. It can be like, oh, my gosh, I never thought of talking about that. Or it could just be a conversational piece. But today's topic is going to be underclassmen commitments. And we have seen a lot of kids within the last six months, I would say, especially on the girls' side, who have committed to D1 colleges and been very young when they've made this commitment. They've been either eighth graders just getting done with 12 U's or maybe they played one year of 15s and or they are ninth graders and making, oh, I'm going to make that commitment right now. So, Peter, what are your thoughts about underclassmen commitments? Um, you know, we talked a little bit about this last week, but it's such a huge topic. I mean, we could have individual podcasts based on young recruiting week after week after week. I think that it might encourage uh, transfers a little more frequently, looking for a little more exposure. But it does seem like the East Coast teams are the ones coming to Minnesota, maybe catching a couple of games here or there, and then flying back to you know Utica or Ithaca or wherever their school is based and extending an offer just to get in the boat, which is something that schools do when they want to get in touch with um, an out-of-state recruit. That's why colleges in, in all sports, football, basketball, 
hockey, they will offer an out-of-state kid very early in the process just to establish a connection with the family. Very true. And I know we hear sometimes you hear basketball and they say, oh, I've been following him since he was, you know, 12, AU, you know, AAU, whatever. Uh, to be honest with you, I'm not a big fan of the underclassmen. And mind you, at the same time, we can. T- and I, when I speak more about the underclassmen, I really am pointing toward those young underclassmen, those eighth and ninth graders. Which, and there's so many things can change between uh, an eighth grade, ninth grader, and when you're a senior in, in high school. I mean, that's four years of skill development, body changes. St- uh, there's so many different things, and the game is changing where everything was working really well for you if you were a U15 or maybe a U12 AA in some programs. And now you're going against maybe some 16, 17-year-olds, which is going to be like, holy mackerel. Mind you, these East Coast teams are always coming over. The college says, I like what I see. I'll take you right now. And I get it. And I, I, and I know from a parent perspective, you're like, why would you say no to that? But at the same time, I just it drives me crazy when I hear these young people, and whether it's boys or girls, it doesn't make a difference. Both of them drive me crazy where – you're making a commitment, and you're only 14 years old, and you're or you're only 15, and there's so much going on. So many things can change that I, I, I I'm not a big fan of it. I'm you know if you're a junior in high high school, I totally get it. Hey, you got one year, you've made some big moves, you've got some numbers, you've got some opportunities, you've looked at it, but there's so many things can change between when you're 14 and when you're 18 that I think it's just tough to make that commitment that early. And I think so many things can change on the college's side too. I mean, you see massive coaching changes like Lucia Tomatsko. Obviously yep. that's a, that's a, um, a men's side of the puck, but you see these coaching changes too at women's programs and, um, the gals who were committed to, uh, North Dakota, Gabby Hughes, who's committed to the university of North Dakota cut its program. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden in her senior year, one of the best players this state has ever seen at the girls level is looking for a program. Yep. So their coaching staff can change. The environment can change. The university can cut its program. It, it doesn't make any sense to me to commit before your, your junior or senior year of high school. I understand the social media buzz. I understand the yes. pride that comes with saying I'm committed to mm-hmm. X, but you know, when I was 14, I wanted to go to the university of Michigan. I want to go to the University of Texas. I want to go to those schools that I saw on ESPN all the time. Yep. And I think a lot of kids at that age feel that way. They see these big-time programs on TV all the time and on Instagram and on Twitter, and they're popular. And then you get to brass tacks, and you end up going to a, a smaller school. Right. And, again, the, the big piece is it is an oral commitment. I know we just had the, the national letter of intention signing about a week ago, and so you saw – That's the actual contract. That's the actual that's contract, the, which I know you contract. have to be a senior to sign that letter, but um, – but again, three years before that happens, it, it, to me, it's just a little early to that. And I know that some other programs are actually starting to do some things. I know football and hockey are trying to get some rules in there. They're trying to get away from those early commitments. And football is a little different because it's obviously a collision sport. But still, with hockey, it's just there's so many pieces that can come into the mix, and um, and the body develops in so many different ways. And can you handle it? And but in mind, but anyway, it's definitely something to think about. And, and if you have a daughter out there that's on that on that cusp and what their decision is going to be. You know, all the power to you because I know it's a huge decision for yourself uh, to make that decision, and they're only you know 14 years old. And so, definitely a piece we'll keep our eyes on. As I know, we're gonna have a few more, I'm sure, coming through. And oh yeah. I don't think they'll do as many per se during the school year, during the season. I think more of them. We saw that 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 blow up really was like July and August was a push push, which maybe it's a lot of it could be because they're you know part of these you know elite camps or they're part of these elite squads and so there's more scouts that can see them as opposed to when mm-hmm. you're in your season you're actually showing your your stuff there. So and National Signing Day twenty nineteen is February sixth. 
So we might see another run on commitments uh, sometime in the dead of winter. Dead of winter. So, yeah, circle down on your calendar. And and if you have some, and if you get some thoughts, hey, um, this is a podcast for you. Uh, So if you have some thoughts, feel free to hit us us up on Twitter at at Yahoo. uh, At at Yahoo. Yahoo. At (laughs) Youth Hockey Hub. uh, Send us a message. Or you can also send us an email to yhhtourney at Gmail. And if you get some thoughts, some uh, you know personal experiences, some struggles, some successes, by all means, uh, send it to us. We love to chat about those. Maybe we'll have like a mailbag session on our podcast. That'd be kind of cool. That would be cool. That could, that could eat up some time. I love mailbag. I love mailbag. All right. Um, moving on to our next topic, we're going to talk about our, one of our, my favorite parts of the, the podcast. Gobble, gobble. Three questions. There's a turkey on the board. Gobble, gobble. Three questions. So we're going to hit up, up with question number one. We have two serious questions is we always want to stay focused on but, hockey. But and then but question number three is always a fun one, and we'll see. It. I'm sure there'll be a Thanksgiving piece. Uh, or theme-based uh, wrapped around that one. So question number one for Peter. Uh, are you surprised at the point right now where we are, like we said, four games into the season, and as we look at the leaderboard for the state statistics, we have four girls who are tied for seven goals, best in the state, and we have seven girls that are tied with six goals. So I'm not saying it's meteorocracy, but I the reason that that number jumped to me was um, – Normally, there might be one or two kids which are with a smaller program, or they're like the big fish in a small pond, and Taylor they're Heisey. putting up numbers. Yes. And we just don't have that yet this year. So are you surprised by that, or is it just too early to jump on those stats? I think it's a little too early to jump on those stats. One of those one of those girls uh, who's tied for the state leading goals, Kelsey King, she scored six times in one game. I mean, I don't think that teams have entered the meat of their schedule yet where they're playing in conference play. And frankly, they, they've, they've got uh, – fresh legs right now no nobody's been beaten down not too many people are nursing injuries yet so fresh legs and maybe uh maybe entry-level competition as teams get into their conference plays contributed to the breadth of goals but you can't discount the talent there are some seriously talented kids in this on this leaderboard and i'm excited to see where they go from here could part of it too and add one little piece to it i know these are more geared torpedo but i'm just adding a piece I've noticed it seems this year we just have more big-time matchups at the beginning of the season. I mean, Edana had two big matchups right off the get-start. Mm-hmm. Blake has had big matchups. Wyzetta's had good matchups. Minnetonka's had crushing matchups right off the start, <laughs> and they're going to get worse. But is that slowing down, you think, as well? Because of these, oh my gosh, it's a big tilt, and you're only gonna, you're not gonna get that 12-2 game against, you know, the Owen Owen nothing team. You're gonna have, oh my gosh, we both are undefeated. Hey, mm-hmm. I'm only getting three two games against another heavyweight. Well, unfortunately, I think that as we get into conference play, some conferences you're gonna see a rise in 12-2 game, eight nothing games, and in some conferences like the late conference, you're gonna see a bunch of two one, three two games just because of how many teams are ranked in the top ten or how many talented teams are in that conference as opposed to some other conferences where they're not quite as strong. So, you know, a conference like the Northwest Suburban, there might be a couple of top-heavy teams Correct. that might run through their conference schedule. But it depends on the conference to see whether those scores expand or retract. Good point, good point. Excellent. All right, let's move on to question number two. This is Peter's favorite part of this, the show. Ah. Where it's, Peter, what was your biggest, I told you so. I told you. Moment I this week. I told you. I told you that Breck was going to defeat Hermantown. Todd, I told you. How many times? I think just once. How many times? Once Once was all that counted. I, I called Breck beating Proctor Hermantown. 
and I'm going to run with this. I'm going to hang on to this moment. It feels good. Okay. I like looking across the table with a, a smug smirk on my face. Remember, I told you, Soul, that Brainerd Little Falls was going to take down the Cardinals. If my life was a parade, it would be rain. Would there be an umbrella with you? No. Would you just be underneath an awning and just watch? I'd be underneath an awning of you telling me you told me so. He'd be jumping on a clown's back right out. I got to give it to you, though. You called that game. Hey, there's other things to call. Oh, we probably should do that quick now we're thinking about it. So should we do quick picks for next week, or should we jump into question number three? Let's do quick picks for next week. You want to do quick picks? Let's those? do quick picks. We can, we can do a rapid fire. Okay. Sounds good. We got big games. We got four big games tonight. We got four big games tonight. Should we just rip them? Rip them. Rip them. All right, here we go. SSP versus Mound West Tonka. SSP. Okay, I'm going to take Mound West Tonka. Is going to stay hot and stay undefeated. Breck against Hill Murray. Hill Murray. Oh, I'm taking Hill Murray's too. I just think they're they have so many weapons on that team. They're not one team, one player is dominating that Hill Murray squad. It's everybody's balance all over are, the place. They're so balanced. All right, next one is Blake the Bears versus the Eagles. Blake. <laughs> That's tough. As much as I want to say it, I'm actually going to take EP because of the home cooking, and also I just think that right now EP is just on fire. They're hot. Solid defense is going to heat them right there. All right, last one that nobody knows about is going to be that War Road EGF game. Ooh. Oh, man. I'm going to take EGF. <sighs> That's fine. I'll take War Road because I think they're getting hot, and they're going to keep on going. That's what they're going to do. All right, awesome. Hey, uh, we've got time for one more question. Uno mas. And since we're talking about Thanksgiving, and we've given some thanks, Peter, what is your favorite Thanksgiving side dish? I would like to quote one of the greatest rappers in the game, Schoolboy Q, when I say collard greens. Collard greens are my favorite side dish. My sister makes them with a fabulous ham hock. They're stewed forever. They're so tender they melt in your mouth. I'm willing to take the digestive loss and eat my collard greens. Todd, what about you? Uh, I am a big fan of stuffing, but as we spoke with one of our cohorts before, Tony Scott, stuffing is not a side dish. It's not on the side. It's inside the bird. It's not yeah. called stuff out. It's called stuff in. We're big on semantics here. So if I go my go-to side dish, I could eat five, six, seven plates of it would be green bean casserole. So I can't hate on that. And turkey, dried onions on top, maybe some mushrooms in there. Uh, just f- I love that over and over and over. Can't get enough. Of the Cream and mushroom from the can or oh, homemade? Oh, homemade. Homemade if we got the time. The <laughs> fresh beans, not the canned beans, but the fresh beans are phenomenal. That That's artisanal green bean casserole. That was, yeah. My mind just blew right there for a moment. <laughs> but, ladies and gentlemen, as much as I want to stick around for a little bit longer, it has come to that time of the evening where we have to say goodbye. Uh, the clock in a while tells me that we have uh, gone past our time. But I'd like to thank you all for being part of Her Ice for the third time. Hope you've enjoyed the show. Again, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, hit us up on Twitter or send us the email, like I said before. I'd like to thank Peter Odney for his insight, research, and his analyst of telling us what he knows about girls' hockey as well. And this is Todd Hulk, who I've done my best. But remember, it's not his ice. It's her ice. So take care of yourselves and others. Have a great Thanksgiving, and we'll talk to you next time.